All right. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Rock Metal Podcast. I'm your host, John Harris, and today on the Rock Metal Podcast, we have Hearts and Hand Grenades. They have a new album called Turning to Ashes, which released on January 8th via Eclipse Records. Right now, I'm being joined by Stephanie to share some more information about this release and what the band has got going on. So, Stephanie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Can I just say I love your eyebrows? <laughs> Thank you. Absolutely. They're 100% mine. Really? Yeah. I didn't doubt that they weren't yours, but I mean, it's just like, it it (laughs) looks great. Uh, You're quite welcome. Now, tell us about this record, because I've got a few notes on this record, such as produced by Justin Rose, who did Goo Goo Dolls and James Taylor. And immediately when I hear your sound, I don't think that I would go to the guy who did James Taylor and the Goo Goo Dolls. Um, But he did a great job. Incredible sound. And I'm just curious how that came together in the production of the record. Yeah, no. Um, Justin's awesome. So that whole scenario with even recording in that studio actually started um, a few years ago. Uh, what Our cover band that we were playing in uh, did two songs at a local telethon, and we got to play right before the Goo Goo Dolls went on and did some of their songs. Um, so, you know, we did our, our little set, and it went well, and we had a great time. Um, we went down to the bar right after we were done playing and we listened to the goose play of course uh you know and then robbie actually ended up stopping at the bar to just you know say hey and thank us for you know playing in the telethon and donating our time um and then he started talking about if we had any original music at that point we told him no we really didn't uh you know we were just playing in the local cover scene um so he told us about his studio gcr audio which is awesome so if anybody can record in the buffalo area highly recommend the studio it's great uh, you know, so he actually gave us information about the, the manager there. He said he was going to set us up with a tour of the space, and we're like, okay, cool. Um, so Mike, our rhythm guitar player, he is our band manager. So he took Mike's number and said, oh, you know, I'll reach out to you, and we'll set you up. So, of course, for us, we're like, all right, we're, you know, Robbie, is, he's a famous guy. He's not going to call, but he is so, yeah, he's so community-oriented, and he's so just willing to help up-and-coming bands and in the local scene. He did. He called Mike, you know, and it was awesome. We set up a, a tour of the studio, uh, you know, so we ended up right then and there. We decided, let's book some studio time. This is freaking awesome, you know. Um, and then we went, oh, crap, we better write some songs. So when we got to work real quick, yeah, we, we wrote first four songs. was actually an EP that is not on this album, so that's unreleased stuff. Um, we got to work with Justin, who he's awesome. I mean, he's a, an incredible engineer in that studio. Um yeah, you know, he, he's really easy going. He made the process really easy. So for us, you know, as a band, we had never done that before. We had never got together and recorded anything. Um, it was just great. Like, the whole experience was really, really casual, but just everything was fun from start to finish. So Justin was great. You know, he was very professional, yet, you know, really, really light atmosphere about him. So it's a great place. I'd love to, you know, be able to encourage any other musicians in the area to just hit that studio. They're awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, something you mentioned there, you know, that is kind of hard to come by is a lot of bands don't like going into the studio because it's just not fun a lot of times. It's kind of boring, actually. Yeah, it can be stressful, too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you just, you got to be laid back, I think. If I can give any advice to, you know, somebody who does feel that way, you can't go in there super strung out and expecting everything to be perfect. You know, like the point of that studio is if you don't like it, 
try it again. If you, you know, if you want to change something, there's your opportunity to do it. You know, really make sure that you, you've tweaked your sound to the way that you want it by the time you're done with that product, because that is, that's the time to do it. You know, make sure that you've got your stuff dialed in the right way, you know, and then you can experiment with different sounds too, which we did, you know, we, we are used to playing live, you know, so we're like, okay, we know the sound that we do achieve, but you know, is there, maybe do we want a little more distortion on this guitar, not so much on this, you know, and here and there. Um, so we had a lot of fun doing it. You know, I thought it was, it wasn't so much like a, a stressful experience to have to dial all that stuff in. You know, it was more like a learning experience for us and it was something that we could creatively um, really just dive into. Right. Well, especially as a singer, it's important that you feel comfortable, right? Yeah, that's a big part of it, too. <laughs> now, I'm curious because you guys, you said you started out as a cover band, and I've never been in a cover band, but I imagine you're not really creating your own sound so much as trying to emulate somebody else's. So right. what was that process like to go from dialing in, say, you know, that distortion guitar to sound like the cover song and then writing your own material and saying, well, gee, what should this guitar be doing? Mm-hmm. Uh- liberating you know it was very very just enthusiastic is the best way I can explain it you know we we got so much more amped up being able to say oh hey you know we put this song together and you know we kind of hummed it to myself you know now let's get everybody together and really just jam it out it it's just a totally different level from playing that cover music you know where like you said you're just trying to play that cover song your way, but as close to that track as you can, so people recognize what you're playing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the point of you know the cover music, I guess. But it, it's just such such a freeing experience to say like I created this. You know, this is my bass line. This is Kenny's guitar line, and you know we're not emulating somebody else. Like this is just what we do. This is what we sound like. So we took um, that first recording session. We were kind of just trying to find what is our sound. So we actually had four very different sounding tracks going into that um and even though they didn't end up on the turning to ashes album Mm -hmm. i'm glad that we did that because we were able to sort of like develop ourselves along the way which really got us to to the sound that we did achieve on the album so it was just a whole overall learning experience for us and it was just really great Mm kind of like coughing up a hairball you know you write right Write a couple of pages and then you just go, okay, now that I got that out, and you throw it out, and then you start the reel. Pretty much. Right, yeah. You just you get all the crud out of there, and then you're like, okay, I got it. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Now, something you had mentioned was uh, starting this, you said a couple of years ago, I think, right? Yeah. Now, this was released early 2021. So, was a large part of this production for the actual Turning to Ashes record then done throughout what I'll just dub the chaos and pandemic and everything else of 2020. Yes, definitely. Uh, yeah. So we started this album really started with our second EP, um, which was kind of when we got involved with Eclipse. So, you know, we, we were just under this, Hey, we're going to just put out these EPs and see if anybody goes for it and see how, you know, how the response is. Um, and then we got in these conversations with Eclipse, and we're like, okay, well, you know, we've kind of got these EPs put together. What are, what are we going to do with it? Um, so uh, Chris Poland with Eclipse basically said, like, let's take this second EP because we had had that conversation with him where we said, you know, this is this is our sound. This is what, what we do. You know, we're comfortable with this, and we want to build off of this one. 
So he was just really encouraging, and you know, he he said, "All right, well, let's you know finish up what we were going to do for the last EP, and then let's put it together, and we're going to release it as an album." So it kind of it kind of became an album, like sort of halfway through our our EP quest, I guess, if you will. It's not a quest for the Holy Grail; it's a quest for the the EP. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, cool. that, and that was 2020 in a nutshell. Was just EP after EP after EP. <laughs> when were you guys able to get together to rehearse safely and all that stuff? Yeah, we did. Um, you know, we kind of had that conversation as a band, and we said, you know, we're we're either going to make this choice to not be together at all, or we're going to make the choice to get together. You know, and just try to do that as safely as possible. Um, so we did, we still tried, you know, to do like as often as we could. It wasn't as often as, you know, you would if there was no restrictions of any kind. Right. Um, but yeah, we managed to at least get together, you know, enough to rehearse the songs and get the album out. Okay. Very cool. Now something else was, you mentioned getting into conversation with Eclipse. Uh, how did that happen? How did they catch wind of what you guys were working on? So I, in this again, cause Mike's the band manager, so he dealt with all this stuff. Um, but I think it, it just sort of happened where we, I feel like maybe we just got lucky. But, you know, you send your stuff in and you say, hey, listen to me. You know, we don't suck. <laughs> and then you figure, like, right, there's no chance in hell that, you know, someone's going to actually pull your track and listen to it and give it a go. Um, but they did, you know. So we ended up, they reached out to us and they were like, oh, you know, here, in an email, right, you're, you get this email and it just says, like, oh, hey, you know, I'm so-and-so from this record label and we want to work with you. So now me, the way that my brain works I'm like, oh, don't open that. It's junk mail. It's got to be spam or something, you know. And then I'm like, eh, let's get rid of it. So some little thing just says, open the email, you know. So we did. We read it, and we're like, oh, snap. And it actually was legit. (laughs) I feel the same way about – I feel the same way with emails from Chris. I'm like, oh, this is (laughs) not what I – fine, I'll read it. <laughs> Darn right, but you know it's like we didn't. You don't expect that as a new band. You're just like, eh, if somebody listens to it, you know, we got lucky. But yeah, it ended up working out great, and you know, it got us to this point. Mm-hmm. And Chris hates stuff that sucks, so you know, right? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Cool. Now take us through this record, turning to ashes, and I mean the the artwork is absolutely incredible as well. Um, you looks like you put a bit of makeup on and took a picture, you know, um, but, but you take us through this record. Is there a theme to the record? What is turning to ashes? Um, so it's really just a compilation of songs. And, you know, for me, I was asked previously, you know, if I write, if I write my songs about something specific, um, I usually say no. It, but this album in particular, it was really just draw, drawn from emotions, like different types of emotions, because, you know, everybody deals with, with all kinds of different stuff every day, right? Um, so the title track, Turn to Ashes, you know, that one really is just, it's about facing indecision. You know, like, you know you have to do something, and if you don't make that decision, you're basically just done for, you know? So turn, that's what the song Turning to Ashes for me was about. And then I think... Um, that sort of just rang true as, as an overall theme for us right now. You know, it's like we're, we're putting ourselves out there. We're, you know, like any new band, you know, you're doing everything that you can to get heard. Um, so just go for it. You know, like you can't sit stagnant. You can't do nothing. You just have to try, you know. So it's just, it's kind of like a, 
a metaphor for maybe where we are right now, just putting ourselves out there and going for it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then we have three incredible singles that were released off the record. Nothing left the in crowd and turning to ashes. And I think if there is an oddball, and you're probably not going to be surprised when I say this, but I think it's the in crowd that's kind of like the oddball. It totally. It's a weird <laughs> <laughs> uh, Along with a music video to go along with it. So um, I guess maybe take us through these tracks. What made these tracks the, the standout singles off of the album? Sure. Um, so turning to ashes, it's just like, you know, it's this rhythmic driving just be you know and it's really just a faster you know more of like a a fun sounding song i think even though maybe the content isn't super fun to say it's about you know <laughs> the bridge is burned that leads me home and i'm turning to ashes which really means like if you keep standing still you're it's done um but you know that one it's just it's just catchy so that to me just kind of said all right you know let's give this one a shot let's make it a single um nothing left that was a fun that's a fun breakup song I think stereotypically, breakup song all the way. Um, and then, you know, again, it's another, it's another thing that everybody can relate to that. You know, most people, I'd say, I'll be as bold to say, most people have probably been in a relationship that wasn't great or didn't end well or kind of got messy. Um, my, I myself have had a couple of those, you know. So uh, it was just a very relatable song, you know, and another one where we kept it, you know, a, a real easy, smooth-sounding beat. Um that one's almost got like a classic rock sound to it, I think. Um, and then the in crowd. So this one was actually Chris's favorite. So he did encourage us to, to go for this one as a single. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just, and I know it's weird, but it's like weird in the best ways. That song actually came from a dream that I had. Whoa. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, right. It's, um, so the dream was that like somebody got stranded on the side of the road and, you know, the car breaks down and you have to just go on foot and find something. Uh, and he wanders, he or she will say, wandered into this off-the-path bar. And it just turns out that this bar was just like a club of these assassins, these crazy, murderous, weird people. Um, except, you know, on the exterior, they're very well put together. They're very refined-looking, you know, and then all hell breaks loose, you know, which is like the chorus of the song. It's just totally non-expectant to the way that the verses sound. Um, but yeah, that all came from like this really, really weird dream, and it was one of those stereotypical moments where I kind of sat up in bed and I was like, "I need to write this down." It was great, yeah. But yeah, and it was just fun, you know. So we figured let's put something out there that's just fun. It doesn't sound like everything else that you hear on the radio now, and you know we'll just throw that one out there and give it a shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's, that's something that's kind of come up a little a few times, a few times now. Give it a shot. <laughs> you know. Sweet. That's a great. I was just looking at the album. I've got it up on Spotify over here um, awesome. on my back monitor here. Eight tracks. Sweet. Um, and then we have music videos for each of the tracks. And I mean, for a year that was crazy for a lot of bands, you guys seem to be very productive. How did you get these music videos done? Yeah, we really did. We, you know, in a time where you can't play out live, we figured like we can't just let it all fall to the wayside. So we wanted to stay as busy as possible. Um, so we were able to, to shoot the three videos for the three singles. We did that at Promoting Buffalo. They're a local uh, film studio. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, and we did it just shooting locally where we could. We may or may not have trespassed to film Turn to Ashes. I plead the fifth on that one, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, you know, in uh, the in crowd, we actually filmed that 
in my basement. We had set up a, a backdrop uh, for the majority of that. So, you know, we were just kind of working within the means of what we could really do, considering, you know, places were closed and there was, you know, nowhere to go. But, yeah, you know, we, we made it work because we just, we wanted to be as productive as we could. Mm-hmm. You have a big basement. <laughs> At least it looks, looks like a big basement. It's not bad. Okay, very cool. Now, it seems like you guys have a a sound and it looks sounds like you guys are still kind of on this journey to finding your sound do you think you guys are there with this record or do you think there's still more evolution to take shape yeah um that's a good question because i where we are right now i think we're all happy with it you know and it was this quest to not have every song sound the same you know so we tried to have these highs and these lows on the album and i think we all collectively really like that approach so I mean, who knows? Moving forward, we'll probably keep that type of a, of a mindset going until a second album. Um, but, I mean, I, don't, I wouldn't say, yes, this is it, you know, or no, this isn't it. I guess it's just like, you know, let it happen sort of organically. And, you know, if it, I think if anything, if it will change, it'll probably get heavier as we go. Because we all kind of tend to get down to more of that stuff than the lighter side of things. Um, but, yeah, it's... I, I kind of like where it is now, but if it moves on, it moves on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something you mentioned a couple times was Buffalo, so I was just looking it up because I'm going to be ignorant about New yeah. York geography. So you guys are really close to Buffalo, it looks like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are hot wings a thing in Hamburg? What's the thing in Hamburg? Oh, yeah, wings are the thing. Um, so everybody else in, in the world apparently calls them buffalo wings. Mm-hmm. In western New York, they're just chicken wings, you know? Okay. Um, there, and I won't use any, any names of places, but there are some places that claim to be like, I have the best chicken wings, you know, in the area. And then this place says I have the best chicken. No, the best chicken wings you can find in the Buffalo, New York area are at any local bar. Just go to a bar. Don't go to a place that says they're specifically open because of chicken wings. You, you want to go to, you know, any local corner bar that you can get and then you'll find usually like 10 flavors maybe more and it's the best wings you'll ever have okay what makes a great chicken wing stephanie man oh so being from buffalo you think that i'd say i love hot sauce i actually am the biggest wuss when it comes to eating anything spicy (laughs) so i don't eat like hot wings medium or any of that stuff um i love flavored wings so i'm actually really into like cajun dry rub wings Mm -hmm. those are awesome um so the dry rubs those are pretty killer um but eh, we've got some really good weird flavors too like i've had a blueberry barbecue wing at a Uh bar Uh that that was awesome i mean if i could probably eat only one thing i would take the blueberry barbecue wing Mm mm-hmm yeah, so the fruit they switched out from a tomato product would be a blueberry product, and that sounds fantastic. It was. It was fantastic. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I guess not a spicy Cajun, then, because you said you're a wimp when it comes to spice, but Cajun... Yeah. Not so spicy. Okay. Yeah. I did the Cajun myself, a little Cajun dry rub. Yeah. Uh, good flavor profile on that one. I'm going to have to look into the, the, the blueberry barbecue thing. Do it. I'm going to have to. Sweet. Okay. What else is there to chat about? Um, is there anything in particular that you were looking or hoping to chat about with regard to the record while I think some more about questions to ask you? 
Yeah. Um, well, first and foremost, everybody should listen to it. There is that. Yeah. You could buy it. You can download it. <laughs> that would be my my biggest recommendation would be go get my album. <laughs> so there's always that. Yeah. Is there going to be vinyl, CD, any kind of physical release? We do have CDs available. Um, those you can get on our website. Um, we haven't done anything with vinyl, but I mean, it's not to say we wouldn't if there was interest in doing it. Mm-hmm. So maybe in the future. Okay. But not at the moment. Yeah. I'm pretty sure, because Chris listens to these. So hi, Chris. I know you're listening. Uh, hi, He's probably very upset right now, like, oh, vinyl, it's so expensive, we're going to lose money. Like, whatever. Like, do it for Stephanie, or, you know, do it for Hearts and Hand Grenades. You're right. Do you it know? for me. Mm-hmm. Front cover could say Hearts, back cover could say Hand Grenades. You know? There you go. Boom. Nailed it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay, so we talked about uh, Trading to Ashes as as the as an album. We talked about it as a track. Uh, we touched base on the other singles, In Crowd, which was a crazy dream. That you, yeah. Uh, I recently had a crazy dream where I needed Kung Fu to beat up a bunch of people and I didn't know it well enough. And I don't know, like, it's weird, but I like your dream better. Uh, well, yeah, it happens. Yeah, it happens. Uh, <laughs> and uh, how you guys managed 2020, which is fantastic. Uh, how Eclipse got involved in the picture. I think this is probably the most productive 20 minutes of today. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, be perfectly honest. Uh, plans for 2021 i know we're really early on the record was just released normally you'd be touring that probably won't happen for a while realistically but what is the plan i guess for from here yeah um basically we're just kind of waiting it out you know if if things do sort of open up and we can get out and tour we want to do that So we're really eager right now to make sure that we're prepared for that. So, you know, we don't want to be like, you know, all of a sudden you hear, hey, everything's, you know, getting better and venues are open. And then we're like, ah, you know, crap, we haven't rehearsed in six months. You know, so we're not we're not doing that stuff. So we're ready to go. As soon as the floodgates can open, we're just right out of the gate. That's what we want to do. Our big plans are we want to hit a tour. At the very least, we want to do the the U.S. um, Even if it only ends up being like an East Coast thing, we'd love to get a further reach than that. Um, you know, we actually do have a pretty good fan base going on in the UK right now. Um, so even if we could get over there, that would be like fantastic. Mm-hmm. Does that surprise you specifically the UK? Um, hey, no, the UK, like, I mean, even over there, they tend to have a much broader range of acceptance for new music, I guess, versus the US. You know, in the US, it kind of feels like you have to basically earn your stripes first before anybody will even listen to you. Um, but everything everything that we've had going on over in the UK so far has been so welcoming and just so, like, encouraging of, like, oh, you know, let's share this with this group, you know, this check out this band. And we end up, like, in all these different Facebook groups and these Instagram things are going on. You know, and then and it's from that, it's turned out that we've gotten a bunch of different uh, radio stations playing us, you know. So it's just, it's really nice to see that, you know. So I'm like, UK, here we come. <laughs> yeah. So instead of saying, like, I'm really big in Japan, you would then have, I'm really big in the UK. You'd have, like, a Union yeah. Jack flag. and Yeah, exactly. There we go. And you guys could come up with your own, I was going to call them hot wings, but it's barbecue, blueberry barbecue wings. And then, you know. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, man, that'll be on the merch table. Mm-hmm. 
I like where this is headed. I like where this is going. Sweet. Okay. Well, unless there's anything else that you wanted to chat about, then Steph, I can call you Steph, right? We're on terms like that? Okay, sweet. Um, just wanted to thank you for coming on to the Rock Metal Podcast today. Well, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it.